share your gift, yeah your gift is a seed You can easily be the change that we need Keep your mind alert and your heart with peace Be the change that we want to see Yeah, go and share your gift, yeah your gift is a seed You can easily be the change that we need Keep your mind alert and fill your heart with peace Be the change that we want to see Welcome back, guys. Um, thank you for showing up for another episode of Mentality Unchained. Uh, we start a new year. Happy New Year to everyone that I didn't get a chance to uh, say Happy New Year. Uh, this is a new uh, beginning for us. Um, this past year episode, uh, my episodes for the first year went pretty well. And I would like to thank everybody for listening and really supporting me. Uh, with the new year coming in, you know, everybody have New Year's resolutions, but I don't have any. So I just wanted to uh, be a little bit more creative this year, though. I wanted to bring uh, some good content this year, starting out for year two. So I ask that you guys join me on this ride of the 2022 season, and we're going to get into some real heavy things, some deeper issues uh, dealing with mental health. So I just ask that you guys continue to support, and any time you're um, listening to the podcast, make sure you uh, don't forget to subscribe, and I truly do appreciate that. So without further ado, this year, we want to start the year off really good with some positive energy, also with some... Some personal things. Um, I'm a therapist, you all know, uh, and I also wanted to let you guys know that I personally also uh, have things that happen in my in my space. Uh, I know a lot of people think that, oh, because you're a therapist, you don't have any problems or you don't have any issues or things don't happen in your life. Well, I wanted to be transparent. You know, by this being the first episode of the new year, I kind of wanted to uh, address some things that I have had uh, within my family. And so I wanted to talk about anxiety today. I wanted to talk about how anxiety has uh, crippled um, the communities, and especially when Af uh, African Americans, because they don't understand it, uh, because they they tend to not want to talk about it. It's taboo as a uh, conversation or a discussion. So I wanted to talk a little bit uh, today about anxiety. And with talking about anxiety, I wanted to bring in uh, one of my daughters to talk a little bit about anxiety. Uh, but she's an artist as well, and so I don't want to overlook that. But they're correlating stories when it comes to anxiety and her art. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you guys to my daughter, Ray E. The Dreamer. What's going on, girl? Um, nothing much. Just <laughs> nothing, a regular day. Just a regular day, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what. Um, this is one. This is my youngest daughter, so I kind of want her to kind of talk a little bit about um, her anxiety, her youth, uh, how she felt about anxiety, even if she noticed uh, anxiety. But uh, but just let the people know who you are, what you're doing, and and uh, going from there. Okay, um, I am Ray E, but when I paint, I'm Ray E the dreamer because of the way that I interpret things as I dream when I wake up, then I end up painting. So that was a recent discovery, but um, yeah, I'm an artist. Um, I love music, I love to write. I've always been a writer, always been 
um, into words and art. But now that I'm older, I'm able to convey a message better than I was when I was younger, of course. But that comes from me tapping into my younger self and who I used to be being more free um, and just being more dedicated to who I am in the process of the journey that I'm meant to be here for. So, yeah. That's you in a nutshell, huh? Yeah. They just they don't know the other side of you, right? The, yeah. The other side of you, I have to deal with that. But uh, I, I will <laughs> say this, though. I think a lot of this, uh, a lot of the stuff that you've uh, experienced through the years, I can kind of see it progressing through the years if I'm looking back on it. And uh, even from the times uh, where we had to go through these theater shows and uh, miss a, a misbehaving, all that kind of uh, stuff. So I, I always seen the art part of it. I don't know if you kind of thought of it from that perspective. Mm, not at first, but again, like you said, just looking back, it was a pattern of things. It's like each year I would pick up something more or something different, or it would be like every four months, every six months, I would just try to keep doing different things. And when I finally heard the phrase master of none, I was like, oh, that's not me. Cause I'm picking up so many different things, but Actually, I am learning to master each and everything that I um, come in contact with that I find that I like or find joy in. So um, I guess I've kind of gotten more out of my comfort zone because, again, I was doing shows in school, but that stemmed from me just trying to escape from what I was feeling inside. And when you live in fear, um, that causes anxiety. That's something that I figured out for myself. I know for a fact that I was just living in fear for so long that I didn't understand. That's what triggered me daily, just me being scared. So I think even like from a parent, to even hear that, like you, you hear your daughter, like uh, dealt with fear and you couldn't help her or you didn't even know, like, you know, so we, we've had these conversations as you've gotten older, but like during that time and when that time was happening, you, I didn't think about it. And, yeah. and I think that's what most parents do. They just mm -hmm. try to be a parent and they don't really stop to listen. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to do a little bit more of. Yeah, I think more um, dialogue between the parents and the children. But also I had very young parents. Um, how old were you when, young. when I was born? We were young. We, we were young. So we didn't know what yeah. we were doing. So early <laughs> 20s. And when you have young parents, you also don't realize you're growing with your parents because they're still growing from their teenage years. And then they still have their own relationship that they have to work on. So a part of me just understanding myself was understanding my parents and their journey and understanding that they were very young when they had um, my siblings and me. So it was just um, a beautiful discovery, but at the same time, it was a hard pill to swallow because you have to understand that they are young and they still have to make mistakes as well. So here's a liberating thing about transparency. And you don't have to hide anything, you know, because people people tend to judge uh, you based on perception, what they see. And I love transparency uh, because I don't have to hide. I can be who I who I am. And that works in therapy as well. And, you know, I think that for me, uh, even being able to be transparent with y'all 
letting you guys know the stuff that I dealt with or the things that I was thinking. Initially, that wasn't common. Yeah. That wasn't common because I grew up with, uh, was raised by my grandparents. They didn't be, they wasn't transparent. They didn't be upfront. They didn't listen. They didn't offer uh, advice or things of that nature. For me, uh, I just kind of seen things and, and I did either the opposite or I just, you know, took up some of my granddad's habits. But it was important for me to make sure that I, I gave you guys an opportunity to see differently. And I think that's what we have to do. And and when I speak in that term of parents, I'm now I'm speaking of uh, African-American parents because we tend to withhold, we withhold information from our kids. We don't talk about certain things because uh, it's taboo. Or we have this line is stay out of grown folks' business. And and that's yeah. been a, that's a common thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of grown folks' business. It, and and to some degree, there has to be a level of respect, yeah. but also there has to be a degree of transparency with your kids, letting them know, and thus leads to you having this fear, and now you have this anxiety that you have no clue what is what it is, yeah. how to deal with it. And for the ones that don't know, anxiety is one of three things: it's apprehension, fear, or worry, and it covers a whole conglomerate of things. So don't just say, if I got one of these, that's it. But at the end of the day, um, your anxiety is is real. And if it's real for to you, make sure you get the proper help. Make sure you talk to people about what's actually going on with you. Yeah. That's important for you to um, discover that, even though it may be something that's scary, especially for a lot of people who grew up thinking that therapy was a bad thing or knowing more about yourself is a bad thing. They say the more you know, the sadder you'll be because you know too much. But also, once you know it, there's a certain strength that comes with it because now you know what to do. Now you know how to move forward. So I don't really have any fears anymore or any limitations, especially when it comes to myself because I know that is necessary. And me just being transparent helps so many other people with their journey, so. So, like, in the moment, though, like, uh, I mean, because I think people need to hear this. In the moment, what are your fear based on? Well, I mean, is it judgment? Is it is it uh, just acceptance? What was your fear based on? Um, it was based on my environment. So, when I, I grew up in Louisiana and I grew up in Mississippi and then suddenly we moved to the Midwest, so it was a totally different culture. And I had to adjust very quickly, and I felt like I didn't have enough time to adjust. So also, um, I want to say maybe I was 9 or 10, then my dad became a minister. So that was another culture shock for me because we came from, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we came be from, honest. Yeah, we came from my parents. You know, they had a club, and then suddenly we were at church every Sunday. So it was, it was a shock for me, and... Um, Mississippi and Louisiana, it was, for some reason, it was a safety net for me. And I always used to say, like, it's the soil or something because um, I just felt protected. But then when I came to this place, it was new and I didn't know what to expect. So we were in a house, maybe 10 of us in one house. Um, and it was just the fear of never getting out or the fear of 
what am I, when I'm going to church every week, what is it that I'm seeking or what is it that I'm learning? The people around me, I didn't understand that I was feeling other people's emotions. So I would just suddenly become sad or become burdened by being around certain energies. And so that's what sparked the fear. And once I kind of got an idea of that. That's when I felt like I was running in a way and I started performing a lot. I started to do a lot more with words, a lot more with my body, just trying to extend it to the point of creation that I can get out of the place that I was in. So that's kind of how everything started. Yeah. I I think um, me as a parent, um, trying to find my place, um, uh, thus, you know, going going from military life to uh, having nightclubs. Now you're uh, a minister. Your church is, you know, the transition wasn't ideal, uh, but I think the transition during that time was appropriate uh, because at that time I started to change, mm-hmm. and with me starting to change, the environment and the people around me had to change. And so in doing that, subjecting you guys to that, it wasn't I, I had to I had to transition and you guys couldn't transition. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I should have been more aware of how to transition and allow you guys to transition along with me. But I do think, though, uh, through those years, uh, you and I created this bond. And, and I don't think it was just kind of like intentional. I just mm-hmm. think that over time, it appeared to be that we were the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say that, it's like in thought and movement and how we thought about things and how we uh, viewed the world. And I think that was one of the things that clicked with you and I. Would you what would you say? Yeah, um, I would say I don't know. It was I know we got it. When did we get Jasmine? I believe I turned 11 or so. Oh, somewhere in there so um prior to that it's like I would always say me and my sister was raised like boys because my dad would think that we wanted to mow the lawn on Saturday (laughs) or we want to go outside and do yard work right I'm like that's your thing not Uh our thing so um we would always just be mad or if I got bad grades I, I didn't understand why they communicated to me in that way but at the time my mom was much sweeter than my dad so um but I had to go through that transition of my dad being a super strict or super hard person like he would make me stay up till 11 o'clock going over spelling words and I'm just like I don't want to do this I don't like this but then there was a transition um one day my dad was asleep and I'm like banging on the door for some reason, maybe food or something. And he yelled, but it was unintentionally. So then maybe five minutes later, he's like, just come in the room. And he says, I'm sorry for yelling at you. I apologize for yelling at you for no reason. And that sparked something which made me feel safer. And um, that's when our relationship just started to progress a whole lot. So it just kind of happened gradually. Yeah, I I do think like through the years that it has definitely grown. I think we fostered it a lot too. Um, but I think too, like, I think for me, high school for you was something that I could probably identify with um, because you had, and, and I think, and a lot of people didn't know this about you from seeing you today of how your schooling was uh, from academics to uh, uh, relationships socially. 
And I think, too, that's another thing, too, you know, dealing with anxiety, social aspects come into play. Again, when you're young, you don't think about those things. But I think a lot of the things that you you did in school kind of mirrored my my upbringing in school as well. Uh, I got in a lot of trouble. And, and for people that don't know, from probably sixth grade to sophomore year, you fought every day. Yeah, <laughs> you were fighting every every time you turn around. You were fighting, and I'm I was in the office, you know. Uh, but I think that those times, I I I understood because I was I remember being there, and so I think that's when a, for me a lot of the transition started to say, okay, I can't be as tough as I would like to be. Um, but I still need to have some type of discipline. I need to have some type of structure because if I didn't give you guys that structure and have that toughness, I don't think that you guys would have turned out the way you did. But at the same time, I didn't recognize that until that those years. And I understood, too, that as a father, we have to chip, uh, chip away from that hard exterior. We can't always be hard. So we have to be able to have some type of emotional connection with our kids, and especially with your daughters. And your your son's the same thing, but with your daughter, it's, 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 it is different. So I, so let's, okay, so now here we are. You transition from high school and from college. Now, I think for me, that is where the anxiety light went off for me when it came to you, is when college came, it was totally different. I, I seen the anxiety, like it was just sitting there waving at me. That's how, how the anxiety was. So tell me about that transition. Um, so it was another transition, meaning another city. So it was, I was moving every four years or so. So, um, when I got to Alabama state, it was just about like dominating in my mind. Like I said, I didn't ever think I was going to get out of this place, out of the Midwest. So when I was able to leave and go, I was like, man, I can't go down here and not do anything. I can't even sit for a semester. I can't take a break. So that first semester I got there, I was on it. I was like, I'm going to run for this. I ended up um, being Miss Freshman. So that helped me capitalize on my experience throughout the whole four years. I was able to do a lot of things in student leadership, but again, that stemmed from my anxiety. And now work is my best friend or words are my best friend because I know that I can rely on these things. But then it starts to take a toll. So when I was doing all of these things, I was also trying to be in the background because I didn't want to be seen. Like I felt like everybody was seeing my anxiety they were seeing my depression, my ups and downs, and I didn't like that. So um, it wasn't until I got ready to graduate and I was like, I'm going to isolate from everybody. I'm going to I'm going to celebrate myself. I'm going to acknowledge the good, the bad, everything that kind of got me here. So um, that four years just taught me about life more than anything, how to just be myself surrounded by a lot of people and in college you'll see a lot of people come and live a facade they come from different places so it's easy to say that you're this person and that person and I had to get away from people who were not living their truth and um, who were not just being polite to themselves or being polite to others I realized that me being around certain people was turning me into something else that I was not so this was triggering the fear more. And then now I'm not performing anymore. 
what do I have? I'm just in leadership. I just have roles and I'm helping other people, but I'm not helping myself. So um, I just kind of took that opportunity to really transition into my younger self and my older self, but to the fullest capacity that I could. So it's 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 really hard for young people to to gather that what you just said to really bring that full circle to identify the anxieties and the depressions in all of that. Because uh, quite frankly, college uh, is your first step to independence. And when you're put in, uh, it's almost like you said on the island, you know, uh, now I'm no longer with mom or dad. I'm not, I don't have the security blanket. I don't have these things that I thought I would have. And to be honest, a lot of the clients that I've seen that have entered into college within the last three to four years have had uh, real uh, struggles when it comes to making that transition because they feel that they're not adequate. And I think when I hear that as a therapist, one, and as a parent, two, when I hear that they feel that they're inadequate, I ask myself first, have I prepared my kid for life outside of the home? And I think that as parents, we have those real anxieties as well of, did we prepare you guys? Did we make sure that you guys knew what to do, how to do, even to the point as small as uh, just doing laundry, you know? Because, uh, you know, if, you, <laughs> if you're anything like me, you, you know, your first year of college, you got pink clothes, you know, everything is the same color, you know? So, you know, you got to be able to uh, know from a parent standpoint. And then also for me as a therapist, I have to also be able to nurture that relationship for the youth to know that they are prepared for it. They just have to tap into the things that they have that they didn't know they have. Because a lot of times that's what you guys don't. I mean, young people don't know that they have these 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 uh, inner superpowers, I would call them, to to be able to survive on their own until they're actually in the elements. And I think that's where uh, uh, the anxiety comes from in there. And so that was a true transition for you. And I even remember your transitioning to college. And uh, the, I had talked to a, 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 a former pastor. And I was like, you know, uh, my daughter's getting ready to go to college. And, and, and he was like, OK, what's, what's wrong with going to her going to college? And I was like, the problem is she's 13 hours away. <laughs> you know. And so as that brought on anxiety for me, knowing that my child is going to be 13 hours away and if something goes down i have to either drive 13 hours or find a flight that's probably astronomical in price to get there and it's just not the access and i think that's what parents have anxiety of not having the access to their kids if there is something that comes up or have come up so i think that breeds anxiety all the way around so uh, as we get ready, uh, I, I want to talk to you more about the anxiety piece because um, I want to show people how your anxiety transitioned to something positive. Because you said something earlier about people um, and, and not to say that people are bad people, but there are people out there that have this negative energy and it, they carry it almost like it's, a, it's their purse or like it's a wallet. Everywhere they go, it's just negative, negative. And it, and it drains you. And as a person that deals with, with anxiety or depression or, or anything else, uh, negative energy doesn't help. 
negative energy only brings more negative energy. And so for you as, as who you are to be able to pull yourself out of that and see that this person, this environment is negative. This is not good for me. And I think that's where we have to all get to the point where we're recognizing what's good for us and what's not good for us. And I'm not saying that you need to just throw everyone away, but you have to recognize that. And I think that's important. Uh, and, and so when you say that you started to, these environments were somewhat toxic, um, what did it take for you to do that though? Oh, um, let's see. Well, first of all, I, I do want to say that energy does not, it does not die. So energy is transferable, whether that be good or bad, even if you were sent negative energy and you decide to turn it positive the thing is energy is always there and it's only transferable so it's always going to be there um so with that um i decided to it's this quote what is it when you basically when you shed yourself then you find who you truly are so um, that's when I started to strip myself away from everything. I love to have my nails done, love to have my hair done. Um, I have to have certain things. So what I did was even though I came from a place of I've never had this, so I need to have everything that I never had or I need to have everything that I think I should have. Instead of thinking that way, I just started to break away from all things. So I started with... Um, changing my number and then just changing the way that I looked at things. So if I'm looking at it in a negative way, then it's going to continue to be negative. But if I look at it in a positive way, then I can turn this into something positive. And then I, I shaved my head because I was like, I'm, I'm just shedding myself from all things that define me. And then the first thing that people say when they see me is like, your hair is so this and that. But what if I didn't have hair? What if I didn't have the clothes that I had? What if I didn't have the car, the home? What would people say? And so at that point, I started to define, define my own beauty, define my own path and my own journey. And so, um, like I said, I changed my number and I limit myself to like seven contacts. I have seven contacts, including my parents and I have two parents. So I, you have to be willing to lose whatever is not is not serving you, whatever is not feeding you. So if I am constantly giving you some type of negative emotion or if you giving me constant negative emotion, we shouldn't be in the same. I'm not making you happy. You're not making me happy. We're not making anything better um, together. But apart, maybe we are great assets to other people or maybe we are great for other people and that's in all aspects it can be family members some um siblings you may never get along with but they get along with other people that's not a bad thing it just means that they are not good for your space or you're not good for their space so once i truly understood that then i was able to be okay with being by myself and with being alone in solitude because i know what's best for me what's best for my energy. And if I'm constantly feeding negativity, then I don't have any good to put out in the world. And what is my purpose if I'm not being that that good asset that I want to be? So um, I I got rid of everything and everybody. Yeah. Wow. I think it's, that's 
pretty mature to do something like that because it's very difficult to release yourself from someone else's uh, 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 relationship. You can't put yourself in a better position to thrive until you start to remove the things that truly impact your life. One of the things that uh, I love is that um, when you take your journey as a person in life, uh, you have to always be cognizant of where you are. So there's this this saying that I, I tell my clients is that when you walk down the path of life, make sure that you view and pay attention to all the signs along the path. Because at the end of the day, those paths, that, that path that you take, there are signs that's along that path that are telling you your direction, that is pushing you to a certain area that you need to be. They are taking you to where your life, journeys, life journey is. And so don't, don't negate, don't get rid of and ignore the signs that you see along your path. Your path is different than anyone else, and everyone has different signs. So pay more attention to your signs. So transitioning from like, um, you know, the anxiety started to build in college, uh, you started to um, get into art or did I skip something? Did you start going straight to art or did you just, what was it? How did you figure that piece out? Um, I always wanted to draw or um, create visuals, but I was just horrible. Like that was the one thing I could not do was draw. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand that because both my parents can draw. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I suddenly started doing like my friends will have like a sip in pain or will cook in pain. Mm -hmm. And um, again, the drawings were just bad. And then suddenly when I started to paint alone and I started to think and breathe and um, listen to certain music, then I started to understand vibrations, energy, and what I'm putting into it. So I started to put good intentions into the paintings, um, thinking positive, breathing at a certain pace or using certain breathing patterns in order to convey the message through art. Um, and then also being a writer and being a lover of words, I had to take a break from words mm -hmm. because our mind already thinks constantly and you can't get it to stop because, yeah. you know, it's your mind. So with that, taking a break from words and just breathing through everything, that's kind of how I got to the point of drawing and um, painting. And I didn't get to a point where I was really, really good until maybe a year after I graduated. So really in 2020 is when I started to to just sleep and then I'll wake up and I would be painting. So like for um, this painting right here, it, it only took me a week because something was bothering me for you know a long time and then suddenly I was just up and I was just painting and I was just breathing and understanding what was going on. And as I was painting, the stories became what I was feeling. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how I got into um, painting. Yeah. I think, too, like uh, artistically, I love the creative process. Uh, I love quite naturally words. Yeah. Um, I'm big on language. Um, and so when I see things, I don't see 
uh, the surface. Mm-hmm. I always see behind it um, because that's I've always been a thinker that way. Mm-hmm. And so when when most people see a picture, they look at it and I say, oh, I see that. that yeah. I see that. I look at the colors. Mm-hmm. I look at the, the the strokes of the painting. I look at I look at different things because what it does for me, uh, it fulfills something of me for me. I don't know what it is, yeah. but to look past something uh, and to see the beauty in it uh, really uh, makes me. It, it just gives me goosebumps just talking about it. But one of the things that I learned back in high school when I was taking an art class um, that Art is what the creator calls art. Art is not what everyone else deems to be art. Mm-hmm. Art is what the creative call, creator calls art. So whatever you create, that's art. Yeah. Everybody's not going to see it the way you see it, but when you put paint to canvas, you know what you're painting. And, it, and if you can convey that to, in, in a way that people actually see past the colors... See past the lines in the in the painting. Uh, I think that we have to, you know, take ourselves outside of that and mm-hmm. see that. And so, when I look at your paintings, I see a story. I see things, and I know you guys that's listening to the podcast can't see this. Yeah. So go to YouTube, uh, Mentality Unchained, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But the paintings that you have here, it appears to be a story. So. I just need for myself and hopefully the viewers out there, tell us what that's about. Tell us this, what this um, art is about. Well, first I want to say that, um, like, like I was saying, I cut off a lot of people. My immediate circle is, is very solid and it's very safe and it feels like home. So they're like my soul family or soul tribe, as a lot of people will say. And so in being safe and feeling safe to create and be who I am and, and get that support from them, um, I was able to connect to my art in a different way. And so with this first piece up here, it was the, the start of the pandemic. So it was Sorry. March 2020. Okay, so the pandemic. Yeah. And it was like this one was it was called Motions and motions so it's really emotions and motions but i just say motions and motions because my emotions is what caused the motion okay of me to um just transform and so it was the start of the process right? yeah so it was really the the start of me becoming an unearthly being and just like just being a beam of light as i wish to be so um, that just explained like all of the things that I was feeling, all of my transitions from being a child, from being just bright and wide eyed. And then now the stress of life has taken over, but I have transformed so much that I'm able to relate to that bright and wide eyed child that I was. And that's what motions um, kind of was about. And then I moved on to, this next big painting and it's just i'm i'm rooted basically mm-hmm. i am grounded and i'm centered i understand what's around me i'm respecting and i'm honoring the water i'm honoring the land and i'm understanding that you must replenish it because we are nurturing ourselves with this land that we were given mm-hmm. so um just understanding that Honoring thy mother and father is not just honoring your parents, but it's honoring the mother earth and it's honoring the earth, the heavenly father, of course. 
So um, that was just me kind of saying I'm in alignment and everything around me is what it's supposed to be. So, um, so if you can, um, so people can still hear you when you're explaining these okay. last couple pieces, because I think this, these are the pieces that really uh, resonated to me. Yeah. And so I want them to hear what you are saying on this. Um, okay. Um, so I don't know. Can they see this? Yeah, they should be able to see that. Okay. So, um, what I discovered was what is happening above is happening below. And I didn't understand that by reading or, um, by just looking for it, but it kind of just came to me. Like I said, I'm a dreamer. So it'll be nights where I wake up and it's four, four, four or something. I'm like, okay, let's just create or let's do something different. And with this, I kind of discovered like lineage. I understood people that come before me must be honored. They must be respected, but also they may have done things on this earth that were bad, that may have tainted or may have damaged the lineage in some way. So I'm always just seeking forgiveness for something that they may have done. And I'm creating a new path for the lineage behind me, um, for the people who will come behind me and just respecting who came before me and made those mistakes. So um, it's, it's just like our protection. What we don't realize is we'll say our grandmothers and our grandparents' prayers they keep us, they carry us, but we don't honor them. And we only acknowledge them what when when we say that phrase, or we don't even celebrate their birthdays anymore. Or we don't even acknowledge that they still are present within us. So that kind of sparked this painting right here. It just shows that spirit is always around. We're always protected. We're always surrounded by love. Even though some people may feel alone physically or mentally, there's always something or someone who wants you to um, continue your purpose, continue your path. And so above, so below. Um, they're always there. They're always present. And that that's kind of this one. And then when we get over here to... Also, these paintings are both called carry. So it's, it's like to be carried by the father to be carried by the mother which is earth and so um that is it's like the lineage is the torch is always going to represent being led you are being um let's see you are being carried yeah you're being carried and you're being led down the path that you're supposed to be on when you don't pay attention to your intuition or you don't respect yourself it's like you are not honoring what is given to you so there is power in understanding um, your people, your culture, and that's kind of where these things started. It was when I acknowledged the fact that I had great-grandparents who were slaves or born slaves, and I was able to talk to them even though they passed when I was about 10 or 11. I still had enough years to understand that they were born slaves. They were not born free. And... Um, my great-grandfather, he, he couldn't write. So you have to think about that was not too long ago, basically. It wasn't too long ago. So now I have the opportunity to, you know, be the voice for that, to walk in that power and that strength and the things that they went through, the experiences, um, 
it, it all has brought this art and it came from anxiety. It came from fear. And I was released from that fear once I surrendered and understood that those people are still here to help me. So. Wow. That's, that's, um, that's beautiful. I, I think, um, for me to sit here and listen, um, to you explain the art pieces again, I think it's just, uh, as a parent, it makes you proud. As a person, it makes you proud. Also, that you actually have human beings that can use uh, something that was meant negatively, especially anxiety. Some people view it negative, mm -hmm. but to see it from me, for me, at, from a psychological standpoint, um, it just opens up a world of possibilities uh, for clients and and people in the future. Mm -hmm. um, I remember working at a, a residential facility and uh, we had times where we would take individuals to art um, and art encompasses everything. You know, we're talking mm -hmm. about performing arts. We're talking about music. We're talking about poetry. We're talking about literature. We're talking about all types of art. And we were able to take these young people that were dealing with uh, stressful uh, erroneous situations where they had no control over. Mm -hmm. and, and and so they were able to sit with a canvas in front of them or sit with a pad in front of them and really kind of pour out what's in their minds mm -hmm. and put it on there. And, and a person, uh, another person can see it and be like, whoa, you know, I, so, yeah. that I, so to, for me to, to experience this is, it's beautiful. And, I know we've talked about this and I know you've said it and I've said it at early on mm -hmm. uh, about words, yeah. uh, how important words are and how important it is for us to convey those words in a sensitive and positive way. And I think that's where anxiety comes in at, as for me as a therapist is I have to be able to convey those words into a sensitive and a positive way mm -hmm. that it can, that can encourage a person. Right. And I think uh, for my counterparts, you know, if you are a therapist, if you're a psychologist out there, that we are choosy with our words, but we're also uh, compassionate. Uh, we can't allow our people or the people that we serve to come in and get hurt versus coming in with the hurt and allowing us to help them. And so we have to be extremely careful. And as a therapist, I truly practice that. And I always want to listen. And so with that being said, um, one of the things that I, I tell everyone that deals with, with anxiety is journaling. Journaling is awesome because what it does is it removes all of those uh, things in your head and it puts it on paper. It makes it visible for you. And it also gives you an opportunity to sort through those things. If you ever, if you can ever picture, um, it's a, it, there's a movie of that Tom Cruise has had, Tom Cruise has out called Minority Report. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, he has all these screens and he's moving things around. He's moving those screens from left to right, top to bottom. He's just moving them all around and then he pulls them all together and they're in order. That's how our mind works when it comes to anxiety. We have all these different things going around and we're trying to put them in their perspective places mm -hmm. and trying to figure it out. But journaling it allows you to put that stuff on paper mm -hmm. and sort it out. 
And so I know for you, again, we're both lover of words, but I know for you, you've started that journey of journaling. Mm -hmm. How has that started to help you with your anxiety? Um, journaling kind of helped me isolate each and every situation that I have encountered or things that um, play such a huge role in my daily life. So I have about seven or eight journals. So I do a lot of writing, but right now my main focus is um, kind of like you said, just rearranging things and isolating them and addressing them one by one. And um, also just a lot of quotes. So I'll write myself a letter. I'll write myself um, a reminder just about what I want to be or who I am or who I am going to be. So journaling is something that guides me daily and it's something that keeps me calm even when I'm away from my art because now I haven't painted in about two or three weeks because I need time to readjust. So if I'm readjusting and my journal is, is going to be all about that transformation because before I can go back to the canvas, there's something that I need to know or there's something that I need to hear. Um, so right now, um, as I'm tapping into my younger self, what I'll have in my journal is like a picture of me when I was younger, just so that I can be reminded of like who I am, absolutely who I am. Yeah. And so um, an another thing that I do is I'll flip a page and I'll read the sticky note and be like, I, I probably needed this today. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just, just for an example. So this one says, I am light, I am. And then on the other page, it says, step into your power. So obviously today I, I need to step into my power mm -hmm. or I need to be reminded that I am light. And that's something that helps me daily. Just um, understanding that this book is what I need. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people may feel like, okay, um, journaling is not my thing, but I like to read a lot of books or I like to read a lot of affirmations written by someone else that that's okay for them to have. Mm -hmm. But for me, I understand that it's very important that I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking light to myself because there's so much negativity going on in the world that I need to have a safe space, even though I, um, have that that close-knit family, that close-knit soul tribe that I have, at the end of the night, when I am taking off all of my armor, all of the things that I've done for the day, then I need to sit and be one with myself and be grounded. So that's something that um, I do a lot. And then just, I would recommend having your favorite picture of yourself as a child as well, because it helps when you just look at how young you are, you yeah. look at how bright you were, how adventurous you were, no cares, no worries. Um, you can be in a negative space for so long or you can be a negative person for so long, but the moment you decide to transform, that's when everything will open up for you. And there's no, there, it's not a too late. There's never a too late. It doesn't matter how old you are. When you decide to turn that leaf, it's okay. Yeah, So yeah. I like that. Uh, so you started, you started, uh, working on a, uh, a journal, mm -hmm. you're going to be publishing it mm -hmm. and you, you tell people about that. So, um, that journal is just full of, uh, for example, 
Water is something that we take for granted. I do not know why, but it's over time we just take it for granted. So in that journal, I'll have take an intentional shower. So when you're in the shower and you, some people sing, some people just sit there, but it's important to talk to yourself throughout that shower because you're cleansing yourself. Um, you are cleansing the energies that were around you that day, earlier that day, later that day. You are cleansing everything. So you want to speak to yourself. You want to pray um, and just really start to undo a lot of things. And water will give you that because it's, it's cleansing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just practicing that daily, that's something that's in the journal. And then another thing, when you cook, a lot of people don't really keep in mind when you're cooking, you're nourishing other people and yourself. So I'll say cook with intention. Yeah, I like that. When I started to have like all of my friends over the house and we were cooking and I'm like, you know, I'd never realized that I am doing this with love or I'm doing this with light because we've had such a long week. Yeah. We go to work, we go to school. And when everybody come over, like we're winding down, we have the good vibrations. We got the music going. We got the food going. So why not be intentional as I am cooking and I am feeding and serving other people? So um, that's something that's in the journal. Just little things that we don't think about or consider throughout the day. That's something that you want to go to your journal at night or in the morning or throughout the day. And you want to see those encouraging things. I am peace. I am light. Um, I am walking my purpose. I am not rejecting the ingredients that are required to um, be into this process because everything is meant. You must have a balance, even if that's that's good and bad. So you have to have a balance of both. And um, that's kind of what that journal is about. Wow. So you guys be on the lookout for that journal. What's the title of the journal? Um, it is called I Am on a Journey of Healing the Mind, Body, Spirit, and Soul. So it's, it's everything. Um, and then I also just want to add that yoga, stretching, um, working out is very important that, that you take care of your body because that comes into play with mind, body, spirit. So like you, you need everything to be replenished and nourished. So, um, that's something that you don't want to forget about body movement. Absolutely. I I will say, um, that I'm looking forward to that journal and you guys, when, when, when it comes out, you guys go out and support it, uh, We'll have information for that on that later. Uh, but as we continue with the show, um, um, one of the things also, and I think this is just creativity, period, mm-hmm. um, is that we've talked about your art. We talked about your journal, but also, and, and, and here's the many hat things that you talk about. Also, you also have music. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it just seems like, all those things always come together. It's always music, art, yeah. or, or or art and art and, and writing. It's just mm-hmm. always a combination of things. So mm-hmm. so talk a little bit about your music just for a little bit. Um, well, music is like a, a big thing in our family. My mom does music. So I grew up watching my mom in the studio, watching my mom um just create her own sound, her own movement, and like when I was younger, I was really inspired by just her willingness to create. And then my dad was writing as well. So 
I would get into all of their lyrics and stuff and they <laughs> didn't even know we, we were just going through those things yeah. and um music just became my escape so when I did move here in the Midwest, that's when I started to dive into music. There would be times where I'll just lock myself in a room and I'll blast the music. And um, right now, one of my favorite albums is Expensive Pain by Meek Mill because it's, it's so real. So with that being said, my music is not about really negativity but it's about just releasing that negativity it's about um just transforming you putting that energy out and you're expressing yourself and the things that you went through the things you um you feel that you don't talk about or the things that you deal with that you don't talk about and I was inspired by my immediate circle so I would just see their stories the things mm -hmm. they go through um, and then the media is so much going on in the media. You can't help but to want to put something positive out because it's so much negative. So again, it's just about um, taking that and just changing it into something beautiful. Um, Big Crit is also one of my biggest inspirations mm -hmm. because he raises vibrations. It's not about He's not talking about what everybody thinks he mm -hmm. should talk about, or he's not talking about things that are irrelevant, but it's actually something that is good for the soul. And it's something that, um, it just helps you to, to navigate throughout life. And that brings me back to growing up in Louisiana and Mississippi. I felt so protected in that environment, but I didn't have that creativity piece. I didn't have that okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. But when I moved to the Midwest, it was kind of like that protection from the South and then my introduction to the arts and all the things that I was able to do, it all came full circle for me. But if it had not been for the experiences that I had and the connections that I had in the South with just um, my grandparents, with the spirit that was surrounding the South, then I wouldn't have been able to survive as far as understanding my gifts and my art. And so through music, I acknowledge um, those who've come before me. So mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of old music. Like um, right now, one of my favorite songs is called Me by Aretha Franklin mm -hmm. because it's just, it's, it's honest. Or um, I'll listen to Billie Holiday. And if you look at their stories, they have all endured so much pain, so much um, depression and anxiety, and they probably didn't even know what that was at the time. Or even Nina Simone. So I go back and I look at their stories and I honor the things that they went through to actually give us the music that they gave us. Yeah. So it's not about just the music, but it's so many sacrifices behind the scenes. And then now, um, just being a student of the way that Beyonce was able to convey her pain, mm -hmm. it was such a beautiful discovery because it, it was a woman being transparent and not scared of anything. And it reminded me of Aretha. It reminded me of Nina Simone. So it was all about honoring um those who came before me and trying to convey these messages now in a way that my peers can understand well you know <laughs> i can talk to you for days about this because it's just it's fascinating uh to me 
but I think that you have given the people uh, a lot to think about when it comes to um, dealing with their anxiety. Um, and before we go, I want this year, guys, I want to implement um, something to the effect of we've said a lot here, but I wanted to highlight one or two things uh, that was said during our uh, podcast today. Uh, and one thing is, is I wanted to talk about some things that you can do when you're dealing with anxiety. Uh, one thing is, uh, I know uh, Ray said that exercise. Mm -hmm. um, you have to uh, match your physical appearance with your inner appearance. And so in order for you to get uh, moving on the anxiety piece, you have to start incorporate taking care of yourself. Self-care is extremely important when it comes to anxiety. So when you, you need to get to a place where you can recognize what that self-care looks like for you. And so that's one thing. The second thing is just being able to uh, express yourself. And, and that can be uh, what Ray chose to do, which is art, journaling, um, uh, music. All those things are great to get, to be able to get those, those energies out. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is, that we talked about is um, energy, toxic energy, uh, people that have the negative energy and the transformation or the transferring of the energies. So don't 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 assume that just because you're around people that energy doesn't transfer to you. So oh, yeah. removing yourself from people um, that can transfer that negative energy to you. And then the last thing which I truly love was the soul tribe. The soul tribe for me and thinking in essence of of, of mental health and therapy is support. You gotta have the right support around you in order to succeed and be successful in overcoming your mental health. So make sure you find your soul tribe and your soul tribe is the ones that's gonna have your back no matter what. However, however it goes down, they have your back. So I just wanted to do that and I'll be doing that every episode to just kind of highlight some things that we have discussed. But I want to thank Ray E for coming in, uh, doing this podcast because it was very important. We talked about anxiety and transparency and I think that is extremely important. So before we get out of here, I, the last thing I would like you to do is uh, what kind of advice would you give someone, a young person, that is dealing with anxiety? Um, let's see. I'm going to say definitely like try to discover yourself. Um, research your family. If you don't know your family, um, just dig deeper inside of yourself and start to meditate and figure out what is it that I need to know about myself in order to be okay with myself when I wake up, when I go to sleep, when I'm going throughout the day. Um, what is, what are my positive, um, what are my ways of thinking positive or what is positive to me? And then also if you have like goals and things, you want to set those goals and you want to make sure that you're working towards them. Um, and then one of the things that like when I started to get into the arts, 
I was auditioning for um, a talent agency or something like that. And my dad said, you're going to have a lot of no's before you get one yes. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, I, I was like, okay, let me do the math on this. That means that the yes is to come, but there's going to be a lot of no's before I can get to that yes. So always know that there there will be a yes. And um, you just have to be willing to work towards that yes, even though it may be so many no signs or so many negative outcomes there still will be a positive one in the end if you truly believe that and if you truly seek that. So it's all about isolation, you know, finding your soul tribe and then going in to meditate. So don't be afraid to be alone and feel those feelings. You have to feel it and then you have to work through it in order for you to become your best self. So how do people follow you? How do people get in touch with you? Uh, what's your handle uh, all of that. Um, so I'm only on Instagram right now. You can find me at Seventh Power, and that's S E V Y N T H P W R at um on Instagram. So okay. Well, thank Ray for coming in today. Um, again, before we get out of here, remember to follow uh, Mentality Unchained on Instagram, on uh, TikTok, on Facebook. Also. Um, you have, you can find us on YouTube as well, Mentality Unchained. Make sure you subscribe. And one thing that I always say before we get out of here is that everyone has the ability to change their situation only if you focus on what you can uh, change. So make sure that you're diligent in yourself. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. And again, Happy New Year to everyone. Welcome to 2022.